all of the sexual innuendos that could come from this conversation right now. Exactly. <laughs> I can tell. I just know that it's going down. We should start calling them the penis gallery. The penis gallery, yes. Because this is the vagina the dialogues. I'm not here for your entertainment. You don't really want to mess with me tonight. Just stop and take a second. Alright, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Vagina Dialogues. I'm your host, uh, Claire Sanson, and I'm joined today by the lovely Katie Kersey. Yes, hello. How are you today? Great. I decided to have Katie on for the first episode because it was actually her inspiration that came up with the, um, I guess, the more focused idea of what we'd like the show to be. So I want to thank her. She and I were recording for a uh, special episode of Something Gate, special episode number one, Couples Gate, if you want to hear that fun show and the start of it all. And that is on the Disease Network, so don't forget to listen to all the other great shows out there. Excellent. How are you doing tonight, Katie? Good. Super full from Uh, that delicious dinner. Absolutely. Just for those at home, Katie made us breakfast BLTs, and they were amazing. So good. Because bacon. Yeah, bacon. (laughs) Everything with bacon. Absolutely. So, Katie, what's your favorite book of all time? Uh, Harry Potter, of course. I figured as much. (laughs) And uh, you even have some Harry Potter ink. I do. It's awesome. Uh, It's the Deathly Hallows symbol, and it says from beginning to end to represent, like, the start of the series to the end. Awesome. Well, because of that, I found this uh, scrolling around BuzzFeed. And for those that don't know, when I have free time, I live on BuzzFeed. (laughs) And I came across this hardest game of Harry Potter, Would You Rather?, Oh, I thought God. it would be kind of fun to kick that off and do something interesting. <laughs> this sounds scary. And some of it is like, oh, okay, that's an easy one. And other stuff is not so easy. <laughs> I'm going to sit and rationalize everything. That's okay. Please do. Please do. <laughs> it makes for interesting conversation. So it's all set. So the first one is, which Hogwarts house would you rather be in? Gryffindor or Slytherin? <laughs> um, Gryffindor. <laughs> of course. The peanut gallery is uh, chiming in over here. <laughs> Then who would you rather team up with? Which villain would you rather team up with? Bellatrix Lestrange or Lord Voldemort? Ooh, see, that one's a little bit more difficult. Um, I'm just going to go with Bellatrix because even though Lord Voldemort is more powerful, I feel like if I ever wanted to leave, I would have more of a chance of, like, overpowering Bellatrix than Voldemort. Absolutely. Unless I was Harry Potter, but... Well, you know, we can't all be Harry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just how it goes. That was my thought, too. Mm-hmm. I was like, because Voldemort's batshit, and Bellatrix is, too, but I think she's more manageable. Yes. At the same point, she's also got the crazy factor. And like, she's, like, in love with Voldemort, so you can just, like, distract her with that. There you go. Exactly. Good point. Which Quidditch position would you rather play? Seeker or Keeper? Mmm... I think Seeker, because I like the challenge, and it's an extremely difficult position. Yeah. <laughs> Do something fun and hard. <laughs> yes. And all the glory. <laughs> all of the sexual innuendos that could come from this conversation <laughs> right now. <laughs> exactly. Which badass friend would you rather befriend? Luna Lovegood or Hermione Granger? Hermione. She's brilliant. She is. I know Lo- Luna's loyal. But Hermione is so much more Well, I feel like Hermione is loyal, and not only is she loyal, she's brilliant. And not only is she brilliant, but she has an endless bag. You can stuff everything in there. (laughs) Phrasing. (laughs) 
More innuendos. Yes. Yes. And she has a time turner. Like, how do you go wrong? She did, except for they were all crushed. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. Damn it. They all smashed when the uh, Hall of Mysteries. Yes, and it fell. Yes. That's right. The things you learn. Where would you rather hang out? The library or the Great Hall? Mm, The Great Hall. By far. Yeah, because it has, like, all the changing ceilings, and it's really pretty. There's more stuff to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be afraid of getting eaten by a book in the library. Yeah, that's not so good. No. And all the other things. Yeah. (laughs) Stay away from that. Right? Which class would you rather take? Defense Against the Dark Arts or Potions? Defense Against the Dark Arts. I think learning cool spells is cooler than learning potions. I want to be up up front in your face with badassery, not behind the scenes and poisoning you. Gotcha. You're up on the front lines. Yeah. Kind of like the Seeker. You want to be in part of the action, mm-hmm. all the things. Exactly. Which would your animal Patronus be, a stag or phoenix? Phoenix. Way cooler. And they just constantly live forever. If you could pick your actual like Patronus, what do you think it would be? I don't know. What's, I really don't. What's your spirit animal, basically? <laughs> Maybe a wolf. A wolf? Why a wolf? I don't know. I feel like I always have the initiative to like get what I want, and I feel like wolves are like that. There you go. They don't. They don't back down. I'd totally be a kitty. A cat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think it's because. Um, much like a cat, either I want to be by you or I don't. <laughs> There's no middle ground. That's fair. I have my personal space bubble, but if I like you, it's okay. You can be in that personal space bubble. Right. But it's if it's separate, I'm like, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> no. I'm running away. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. No. That's why I think definitely would be a cat, just for that one of those main reasons. Interesting. That slight that's you good. Know, frame of mind, I guess. It's just, you know, either I like you or I don't. Either I want to be by you or I don't. Yeah, no, definitely. This is my dance space. This is your dance space. (laughs) More movie references. More movie references. We're going to cram them all in as best as we can. (laughs) All of the movies. All of the movies. Which professor would you rather be taught by? Uh, Severus Snape. I can't talk tonight, so I apologize for all you folks at home. (laughs) Severus Snape or Albus Dumbledore. Uh, See, really? Albus Albus Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Mm. I feel like that question's unfair because you never really see Dumbledore teach, um, um, aside from, like... Haphazardly teaching Harry. Maybe not haphazardly, but roundabout teaches him. He doesn't actually teach him things. Yeah, he, like, inserts, like, good, like, advice here and there, but it's not really, like, teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to go with Snape. Yeah. Now we're getting to some of the fun questions. Who would you rather go to the Yule Ball with? Victor Crumb or Cedric Diggory? Oh my gosh. Let's try that again. Cedric Diggory. Did we get that out that time? Yes. All right. There you go. Um, are we basing this off of the book characters can, or the movie characters? You can bake it off. Base it off of whatever you'd like. If we go off the book characters, I'm going to go with... Cedric, because he was definitely, like, charming and very nice and, like, considerate. Um, if we're basing it off of the movie characters, I'm going to go with Victor Crumb, because he's better looking. <laughs> All of the things. If you could only master one spell, which would you pick? Expelleramus or Expecto Patronum? 
Oh, God. They're both so useful. They are. I'm going to go with Expelliarmus, though, because how often are you really going to use Expecto Patronum against Dementors? But can't you use it against other things? I don't really remember them really using it against other things. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I've just watched the movie too many times. Let me rephrase. Maybe I've fallen asleep to the movie too many times. <laughs> I don't yeah, I'm trying to think because I don't really remember him using it except for uh, Dementor attacks. And disarming someone's going to get you a lot further in yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Then here, here's the big final one. And last but not least, would you rather make out with Draco or Harry? Oh, man. Oh, it's the deep hiss on that one. I know. <laughs> um, well, Draco Malfoy progressively got uglier as the series went on. And Harry progressively got more attractive. So I'm going to go with Harry. You're going to go with Harry on that one? Mm-hmm. If you're basing it off the book characters. I'd probably still go with Harry. Because he's less of a dick. <laughs> less of one? Yes, less. Uh, but not always. No. no. He's kind of a dick sometimes. Absolutely. It's just inevitable. And actually, I think sometimes in the movie, I think they made Draco... F- appear more personable or in some ways than I think the, I think the book did a good job, but I think they actually like went more towards, um, the movies kind of showing some of the little side asides, I guess, to why Draco is a little nicer or why he has potential. Oh yeah. Like his family life and yes, stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, that translated to film better than it did in the book actually. No, I can agree with that. Weird coming from me because I'm usually like pro book, pro book, but still. Yeah, no, they did a good job with that. And especially because, like, the only time you really see, like, the family life for Draco is, I feel, in, like, the seventh book, when they're, like, when they're talking about the unforgivable, no, that's in the sixth book, the unforgivable Mm -hmm. curse. Um, But then when Dobby dies at the house Mm -hmm. and, like, Draco's trying to not be part of... Mm-hmm. like that anymore or he's trying to leave you know right. Lord Voldemort I think that's a lot more of a good presentation book wise mm-hmm. but the movies did an excellent job yeah. I thought they did a really good job especially with uh, when you go into with like Draco's mom when you oh yeah Narcissa uh, yeah. Narcissa when you hit her at the end especially when she's checking to see if her son is still alive yes I think that really humanizes them I think that's one of the, my favorite scenes I think in the whole like series actually Yes. is when she's checking Harry and she lies to Voldemort in order to save her own child. I think it makes them, you go, you see them as these people that aren't human and then suddenly see right. them exactly. as human and these relationships that they can, you know, they connect. I think that's one of the best things about the series. You get really good relationships between the characters. Oh, yeah. And as time goes on, they develop from just, you know, more like fluff or more surface level to be like really deep down. Yes. And I, J.K. Rowling did an excellent job with all of her characters like that, Absolutely. I think. And I think understanding human relationships is one of the most important things. Um, mm-hmm. When I was growing up, I never, I was good at a lot of things, but never super good at one thing. Right. And I felt like growing up for a long time, I never knew what it was I wanted to be or where I wanted to go. Or, you know, I felt like other people were so clearly defined in who they were. Like, well, this person, you know, is it's super science minded, you know, or they're super right. nerdy and this person's super arty and this, that, and the other thing. And right. I dabbled in everything. I did arts. I did science. I did math, reading and writing. And it was never like, oh, this is my A subject. And the rest of the stuff is B's or C's. It was like, 
you know, I definitely wasn't the best, not in anything, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, but I was decent enough. Oh, yeah. And, but it's like when you're in the middle all the time, it's almost like, wait, where do I go? I don't have a clear path. Yes, I completely understand that. <laughs> <laughs> this is why um, one of my favorite lines from th- there was a stupid song. This might be before your time. But back um, in 1999, they had a song that was um, they called it like wear sunscreen song. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But there's like a passage in there from um, like a commencement speech. Okay. They're like, it's like music background and they're like, to the class of 1999, wear sunscreen. I don't know if you've ever heard that one. But there's a line in there that says I'm some of the most... I'm sure I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I can't think of what it's called point, There are a couple lines in there and the, there's one point where it goes, it's okay if you don't know what you want to be when you grow up. Some of the most interesting... Um, 30-year-olds I know still don't know what they want to be when they grow up. And I just always think that's one of the most interesting things about that thing is you just you don't have to be clearly defined to make something of yourself and be right. a person. And that's when I realized as I got older, and especially when I went back to college and studied what I did, I went, wait, my thing is people mm-hmm. and how they interconnect in their relationships. And if you've ever hung around me for long periods of time, <laughs> I will analyze everything. And um, it's to, um, if you go with me to the zoo, you'll get running commentary about like the relationships between animals all over the zoo. Like there's two monkeys interacting. I will probably fill in their conversation for you and all those other things. <laughs> I'm pretty good at pegging people. I went to, the, I went to the bar one night with a bunch of people from work. And I was talking to, there was a girl there. She said literally three sentences. And then she walked up and went away. And I was sitting next to one of my other friends. And I said something about the other girl being a particular way. And she goes, how did you know that? I'm like, she opened her mouth. Like, yeah. After, it's just, it's just the way it goes. Know. It's a gift. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Slide aside. Phone. Hold on. Whoops. Don't worry. We'll just have, uh, see? Again, we'll just ha- we'll just have Jared edit that out. And for all you Something Gate listeners, now you have to drink. <laughs> all right. So moving on from there, like the whole relationship thing, I came across this and it's something that I think is very important because as you know, for those of you out there as well, um, I'm around the 30-ish mark or a little over there. And we've hit the point in our lives where everyone's getting married and having babies and doing all of these other things. And we still run across, you know, people that are younger that are single or people that are going through divorces and finding new people. And I think um, trying to make that human connection is something a lot of people look for. And I am obsessed with things like matching people up. <laughs> I like, <laughs> I mean, course. yes, I like to play matchmaker as best as I can. And usually when things don't work out, it's because people don't listen. And I think if they, people ask better questions and get to know one another, I think they'll do better. So I came oh, across definitely. a really good list of first date questions, but I think it's not just for date questions. I think it's kind of some things that'll give you insight as to who people are. So I'm going to throw some of them out there and we can decide if they're good or they're bad. I'll go from there. Uh, What three U.S. cities would you never, ever move to, even for the job offer of your dreams? Where wouldn't you live? Are we answering these or are we just deciding? Sure. Orlando, Miami, and The peanut gallery, again, is chipping in over here that basically any city in Florida. I hate Florida, so I'm, like, totally fine with that. I only ever want to visit there. never want to live there. Um, I don't know. That's hard. I probably wouldn't want to live... Is there a state you wouldn't want to live in? Is city too narrow? I would say city's almost too narrow. Because, like, I don't, would never want to live in Florida. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't want places that have snow, and I don't want places that have lots of bugs. So it has to be somewhere in between. Yeah, basically. Like, I don't want to live anywhere south of, like, North Carolina. I'm not really, don't, I don't want to deal with that. I'm definitely a Midwestern girl. Yeah, I like the changing of the seasons a mm-hmm. lot. So anything in, like, the salt, the salt line. The bread so, line, the bread bowl. Aren't we in that? What are we I in? I forget. In. All you I, geometry majors better write in after this. Right? Geometry? Geography. Let's geography. get with the right subject. Geography. Derp. Let's try that. All you geography majors. Yeah. Let's try that again. Yeah. There you go. Tell us Basically, what we if you have a good set of, like, season change, I'm okay. You're okay? Yeah. I don't need it. I don't want it to be too cold. That's my no. one, like, pet peeve or qualm. I'm like, no, So I think you. that question would be better if it asked, like, what would you prefer mm-hmm. in areas that you would want to mm-hmm. live in or what kind of weather or state do you not want to live in? Yeah. Because I think almost in some ways it's it's a trick question because it actually asks for negativity. Right. Which I think could be a very good insight. If you ask someone a question and they start like blathering out about a city that they absolutely hate, I think it kind of gives you a like a, oh, really? Why, why, was, why would one hate a city or a place right. so much that they could just like blah? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like what happened there? Absolutely. Uh, the next question I like, it's what combination of fixings makes your perfect burrito? And if you're a Chipotle obsessed individual as I am, this is very important. I love Chipotle as well. Because it's awesome. It is awesome. Although there is a better version of Chipotle in Vegas at their food court, and I don't know what it's called, but it's better. Yeah. So it's just if delicious. you ever go to Vegas, go to the food court on the strip and go to that burrito place. That we don't remember the name of? Yeah, exactly. Because you're drunk know. when you get there? It's not even that. I just don't remember. The only place I actually remember from that food court was haagen and it's just because I love ice cream. Because ice cream's delicious. <laughs> it is. <laughs> It is. Absolutely. Is if someone put is there something someone would put on a burrito that you'd be like, Nope, deal breaker. No. I put syrup on a lot of things, so I can't judge people based on their food. <laughs> that is a fair enough assumption. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best gift you've ever received? Hmm. I think this is another like really loaded question. It gives you an insight as to why how like materialistic somebody is or how they perceive receiving gifts. Yes. You know, like how important they are to really them. Good. Yeah, it's I do too. Really it's hard. it's a hard one, right? <laughs> well, and it goes at high in hand hand in ugh, I really am hand in hand. Losing it today. Hand in hand with the next one which is what is the most thoughtful gift you've ever received? Cuz those are two different they might be two different things to two different people or they might be this one and the same right. for some. I think that's one of those things where you're like, huh, what's all of those things? Or what's all that this stuff? This is really hard. I don't know. Especially if you're not always able to go like, wait, I remember this one thing. Right. Yeah. Well, especially like you don't, don't even start like thinking about stuff like that till you're mm-hmm. almost to a certain age. Um, How about one, one like this? What was your best gift as a child? Was there a Christmas or a birthday where you're like, I want this toy and you got it? Um, I got a bass guitar and I got an iPod Classic. Those are like the two that stand out. Um, How old were you when you got an iPod Classic? I think I was like 16 and I got the bass guitar when I was like 14. Both of them, I believe, were Christmas gifts. Yeah. Um. 
my birthday was never really like anything huge. I either got money or we like went to like an arcade or something until I got to a certain age. And then it was just like, mm, we had cake. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, what do we do? It's a hard question. It is a what hard about question. you? My best gift ever. Um, I think actually one of my favorite things we got and kind of has put forth into my thought process now is about five, six years ago, six years ago now, my in-laws, who are awesome people, They're decided awesome. rather than Christmas, they were going to, we were all going to go on a trip together. Oh, see, I like that. That's and cool. the gift of time, I think, is one of the best things. I know they, they talk about it. It's very big on the internet right now because, you know, people are people and all crazy and judgy. That is a whole nother episode. Yes. Um, but it's very true if it's done in the correct way. And this is one of the things like, you know, we wanted to go and spend time together, all of us before, you know, people got too old or busy or everything else to be able to go and spend time and quality time together and you know, I slept a lot of that vacation. I'm going to throw that out there right now. <laughs> I slept a lot of it. But it was so thoughtful and it was so great to get to go and relax and not have to worry and just, you know, have such a good time that we've asked going forward mm-hmm. to just anything they'd spend on Christmas to put it aside and save it for another trip someday. Oh, so we awesome. can go and do it again because, you know, it's great to get stuff. And at this age, too, like, I don't feel like I ever need birthday presents ever again. Right. You know, it's great if if... You know, just it's my birthday and someone thinks of something people. that I think I like. Great. Sure, please. I would love anything you want to get. But to like ask for stuff, it's like I can get most of the things I want myself. Right. So, you know, you don't need no, to go out and buy exactly. me whatever. Like Kevin, Kevin paid for like my haircut, which mm-hmm. is awesome because I've needed a haircut. <laughs> so like that was like super thoughtful. But like I don't I don't ask for gifts either. Mm-hmm. I just want to spend time with people that i care about yeah and that's what all i do right because if you think about like when i think back to my child chi- chi- again sorry people when i think back to my childhood and you go what are your memories some of my biggest memories are when my family got to spend time together we took a trip out to see my grandmother in arizona i was probably i think it was 12 so my sister would have been about 15 mm-hmm. and it was the best road trip i've ever been on i love road trips oh so much fun we just had a blast going all over the place and you know, we we drove because, mm-hmm. you know, my dad's a pastor for those of you out there. So it'll probably come to a shock later. But <laughs> it was awesome to like go down. Like we stopped in Branson, Missouri, and we hit up Kansas City. And then we um, went to Dodge City in one of the Dakotas or somewhere. I'm not sure. <laughs> we stopped at Hooker, Texas. Very um, cool. We drove through like New Mexico and then we got to Arizona. Then on the way back, we hit the Painted Desert and Sedona. And we got to spend this time together. It was probably one of the best trips as a family that we were able to have to spend that time together and do those things. And and we got to see a lot, too. Tons of stuff. And, oh, we got bored one day or at one, uh, one moment and we saw a sign for Liberal Kansas, which had Dorothy's house in it. So oh, we got sweet. to stop and see that. And there's like right, yellow That's bricks awesome. and costumes from the movie and, you know, the history aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the coolest things I think we've ever done um, to do that. And the trip was like the journey. That was definitely a journey trip as opposed to the end destination. Oh, yeah. That sounds like it was like almost a two week thing. It was. I think we were gone two weeks and I think we took like three or four days to get down and three or four days to get back, if not longer. It was one of those like we were... It was like a week of travel and a mm-hmm. week of staying. Yeah. It was awesome to get to do that and spend time with everybody and um, but to spend time as a family. And so uh, my parents are wonderful people, but they might occasionally snore. So they would... That's okay. I snore too. <laughs> Hashtag no judging. Sorry. So they would 
um, let my sister and I be in a hotel room on our own. And then they would stay in the one next door to us. So we would stay up all night watching TV. So we'd sleep in the car the next day. That was my parents' like reprieve, I guess, um, <laughs> to let us go. And so they had such a blast. We had such a blast. My sister and I spending time. And, you know, I think at that age, you forget um, like to be involved with your siblings. You know, there's all this other stuff going on. And it was probably one of the best bonding experiences I think my sister and I had. Because up until oh, okay. I think I was in like late grade school and she got to junior high, we stopped getting it. We weren't, we'd, we'd fight, you know, stuff like that. But I think about that time, like when my sister hit high school and I hit junior high, I think it was probably the first time that we really started getting along. And I think we've continued to get along ever since. I don't ever really remember having an all out drag out fight with my sister after that. Which yeah. Is- no, I'd say that's probably true. Like, well, with me and my brother, we're, my siblings are, my brother and I are close in age. And then my two sisters are like 12 and 13 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So I obviously have a completely different relationship with them than I do with my brother. But my brother and I were the same way. We fought a lot up until I moved out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we still have quarrels now because he's just kind of a man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, I'd say that we fight a lot less. I think it's just like that growing up process. You learn to appreciate things more. Oh yes, as you get older to spend time with them and see them as humans and individuals. I remember yeah. there was a moment. I believe I I know I was in college at the time, and I came home and my parents were fighting about something, and I went, "Wait, this has nothing to do with me. <laughs> this is, I'm just an extraneous person in the situation." Mm-hmm. And as a child growing up, you think everything it revolves around you and is affected by you. Right. And then you hit a certain point where you're like, oh, wait, these are real people. They have their own lives and their own opinions. And what's going on is a disagreement between them and literally is not going to affect me. I mean, you know, at 19, if my parents get divorced, I mean, like, really, is like, that I really going to affect? But... Not that they were close to that, but they were just arguing. But, you know, yeah, right. it would suck. I'm sure it would suck, but it's not like when you're, you know like 10 right when it's like oh now i have to you know go back and forth between houses all and the schools time and all and, these other things yeah. right whereas like you're 19 you're already not living at home right. so you're already visiting your parents as it is right so it's not it wouldn't be that much of a transition oh for sure for, absolutely and that actually pops right into the next question i'm doing great like transitioning nice, today yeah. i'm like woo on top of it um it's what do you what do your parents do for a living and i think this is great to know where your parents come from and what they do. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. That's a difficult question. I like it because it tells you what kind of upbringing they had without being like, did you grow up rich or poor? Did you, did your parents struggle? Which I think are good questions to ask, but especially early on in a relationship. I think it could be uncomfortable. Or, you think it could on. be uncomfortable early on? Well, not like asking like the parent thing, but mm-hmm. you know, if you ask something like, the richer poor right thing. i think that yeah. would be a thing but if you know you go oh my my parents were a teacher or my mom was a waitress you or, you know my dad was a teacher my mom was a waitress you go okay they're probably you know wherever but if they're like you know my dad was a ceo of a fortune 500 company you're like okay that's a whole different person oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> completely different like areas yeah so i think that yeah. could work because yeah my mom was like a waitress or a bartender and my dad mm-hmm. was um an on and off union painter yeah so yeah it's completely different than having a business owner as a parent. Yeah. <laughs> I like this I like this next one which is 
what quality is your automatic no fucking way when pursuing a potential relationship? This is otherwise known as deal breakers. And I think those are great too. Like what oh, is yeah. an absolute no, those deal breaker? Definitely, I think those are really good questions. It could get really awkward really fast. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like if you're really serious about finding someone to spend the rest of your life with, then mm-hmm. why are you wasting time? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you ask that question? Are you trying like, to get me to talk about the torches I carry in this world? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a really good, you're doing a really good job. But I'm, I'm much the same way. I don't, and I never have understood dating, like with not necessarily for no reason, but especially for people that want to get married, right? For people that want to get married and want to be in a in a committed relationship, mm-hmm. I don't understand when they are with people that don't meet their their end goals, right? And I think some of that goes to knowing who you are as an individual and what is important in your life. And this will tie into some other stuff later on too, for sure. But I think knowing who you are as a person is the most important part of being in a relationship. If you don't know who you are, you can't accept somebody else for who they are. Exactly. And being able to come through and say, this is, this is how it goes. And this is where I'm at. I think that's, that's huge. Oh, I, I completely agree. And if you're dating someone that like, is not hitting your check marks on what they want, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't have to be perfect because I know for a fact, even me personally, when Jared and I first started dating, and for those that don't know me, Jared's my husband. We've been married uh, 10 years together, 12. When we first met before we even started dating, he had said he never wanted kids. Mm-hmm. And after about 14 minutes of spending time with Jared, I went, what do you mean you don't want kids? But right. I just kind of let it slide. And then not long after we started dating, we were in the car naming our future children. You know, obviously that wasn't right. something that was really truly what he thought he was saying it at the moment, but like it wasn't really the case. Right. And, and I, people's opinions, especially on something like that change over time. Absolutely. You know, my in-laws were married for six years before they decided to have children. Right. You know, and I think that makes a big difference mm-hmm. too on where, where things go. And, I think people can change too, but there's some aspects of personalities that aren't going to change. Right. And it depends. It, they'll change if they want to, but if they're like, nope, I'm not going to, you know, that's where you go. Right. <laughs> no, exactly. And that's just how people interact and move on. And, but being able to go ahead and be like, this is, this is what I want. I have a five year plan, you know? Yeah. No, I want to exactly. get, you know, if, whether it's, I want to get married and have babies or whether it's, I want to be the head of my company or I want to move up in my position. All of those are, are valid goals, but you have to know what they are. So when you're with someone, if you know, there's somebody out there for everybody, mama June has had more than one person. Oh yeah. And so there has to be someone out there for everybody. <laughs> exactly. <else>. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but that's, awesome that you know when people can make those connections and be like oh yeah that's that'll work for me or no that won't so right no exactly i completely agree with that like i know for me i couldn't deal with someone that didn't have an opinion oh my god that would be (laughs) awful i couldn't date someone that let me make every decision i couldn't do it no i'd lose my mind like just say something i would drown them Mm -hmm. what do you want to do stab you i want to stab you <laughs> yeah seriously oh that sounds okay are you even listening to what i have to say right <laughs> yeah. like oh my god that'd be awful no please no. never Mm-mm. never ever i couldn't deal with a beta like i have i've beta friends like and beta friends people are fine. that are like 
just submissive and absolutely do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I don't want a slave. I mean, no. if I wanted a slave, I could probably find someone. But uh, yeah, they make websites for that. You know, yeah, you can There's hire a them. Niche. Right? Niche. 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 There's a niche for everyone. Yes. And for sure. Yeah. You can be like, you got enough money, you can pay anyone to do anything. Basically. Right? And then you can just go from there and be like, hey, I need you to do this. Lick my shoes. (laughs) And you'll be all set. Exactly. (laughs) I I think that would definitely be a deal breaker. Absolutely. No opinion. No opinion. That'd be awful. Mm -hmm. And I think I would have a hard time with anyone that wasn't honest. Oh yeah, liars. No, thank you. Can do with honesty, and you'd have to you have to be able to talk. That's one of my other ones. See, I could probably handle someone who's quiet. I actually do handle someone who's quiet until he gets comfortable, and then he just. I've talks. heard him talk. Yeah, a lot. No, Kevin talks a lot. Once he's comfortable, he doesn't talk when he first meets people, but he he comes around. But like someone who doesn't talk ever, I could probably still handle, but. I mean, I they'd would have prefer to talk. someone who's at least kind of talky. They'd have to talk with me. Like, communication is very important to me. Oh, my God. Yes. So if I'm going to talk, you need to have a conversation with me. Yes. I don't want to one-sided either. And yeah, I need and- someone to tell me to shut the fuck up every once in a while. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm full of it. Only sometimes. Only sometimes. Only sometimes. Okay, a lot of the time. I really think I'm right. That's part of my problem. <laughs> Wait, I usually am. But occasionally. Yeah, see? Exactly. <laughs> We're normally right. As I argue with myself about it, be like, listen <laughs> See, here. This is, I could be doing this by myself if I was dating someone who right? didn't talk to me. <laughs> oh, always fun. Yes. Always a good one. I like one of these. This is, um, what's in your fridge right now? What? What's in your fridge right now? Why does that even matter? Because, aha, it matters because why, um, it, what, their list of priorities. One of the things you need in life is to eat. Yeah. And if the only thing in their fridge is a dead lemon and three old beers, they probably eat out a lot. They probably don't cook for themselves. Or if their thing is full of vegetables and stuff, well, maybe they eat healthier. If it's kind of a mixture of things, you know, you get a kind of a balance. What people eat and how they live, I think, is kind of an interesting insight there. I feel like that is a good question if people live on their own yeah Yeah. i was gonna say that depends on like the age range too because like i still live at home Mm -hmm. kevin still lives at home i mean i could kind of tell you what's in my fridge but Mm -hmm. not quite so sure Mm. oh i don't cook that much but like i'm at work for most hours of the day yeah so and then now that i'm with kevin i just his mom cooks and then i eat her leftovers all the time so (laughs) it's like she cooked for me but like six hours later (laughs) (laughs) that's always good i like this other one which is what's the proudest moment or greatest achievement of your life so far i like that one too i like that one one a lot that is a good one just trying to you know see um what they think is high in their priority list. Yeah. I think it gives you a place to gauge on whether or not you're, because I don't think there's, there's none of these questions have right answers. They just don't. But well, I think, it tells you a little bit about like the kind of person that they are. Like obviously being goal oriented is good, mm-hmm. but like saying that, you know, you graduated like, um, an Ivy league college, mm-hmm. To someone, that might sound really good, but then to someone else, like, to say, like, your proudest moment is, like, you went and volunteered Mm -hmm. 
and helped people for like two months mm -hmm. in like a different place. Yeah. It depends on what people see as fulfilling and that tells you a lot about the different types of person that they could be. Absolutely. Well, and I think it takes all kinds. First of all, there's all kinds of different people out there. And though I, I would, I would have a hard time with someone that wasn't goal oriented. Right. Like if I was marrying someone that was okay being in the same position for their entire life, I probably mm. would find that frustrating because I'm not that way. Right. I'm not a stagnant person. I am a grower and a changer and I will forever be that way. <laughs> there's no way around that. That's just my core personality. That's how it's going to be. And right. because of that, if I was with someone that was very stagnant, I would be very frustrated a lot with them. And I know I would. It'd drive me oh, crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's mm -hmm. like if, you know, I'm okay in my position now mm -hmm. because I, even though it's like the same position, I am mm -hmm. still making more money each year. Right. So like if, but if I just settled for the amount of money I'm making mm -hmm. and it wasn't changing, right. I would probably be really upset. And well, and like I said, because of the all kinds thing, there are other people out there where they don't want to be with someone that's a climber. They just want to, you know, they want to be in one spot. They want to know where they're going to be their whole life. They want to know where they're going to be their whole life. And, you know, I think you need to know who you are and know what you're looking for. Right. You know, it's... um it's always, you know, like a lot of times military or police officers tend to go for the same type of spouse, you know, like not all of them, but, a, you know, the real similar type of spouse, like someone that's going to be home because their schedules are more um, hectic. Right. So they tend to go for someone that is going to be more, more stay at home, more like I'm going to be here. Right. You, you can do your thing and I'm going to be here. And there's a reason they do that because you need that balance, that check. Right. Where like you don't often see police officers married to, you know, heads of companies because it's it's too awkward. There are two people that are going to be in, you know, opposite sides of the world right. half the time or exactly. you know, different directions. And it's harder to maintain those relationships, you know. Yeah. And it's even with each other, too. Yeah. It's I mean, like my aunt, my aunt and uncle make it work. Yeah. And I mean, but my uncle and his department, they like rotate shifts every mm -hmm. so many months. So like sometimes he'll be like six in the morning to six at night and then sometimes he'll be six at night to six in the morning which mm -hmm. is what he is now so like him and my aunt don't really see each other because mm -hmm. she works until like three thirty, and then she's home at like 4 four thirty. so then they see each other for like maybe an hour mm -hmm. and then he goes to work and that's all right that they see each other so i mean that sucks for them unless he's off but then you know they do have that schedule where it's like they work two days. They're off three days. They work mm -hmm. three days. They're off two right. days, which is also nice. Right. To get that extra time. Right. So never underestimate the value of a Tuesday off. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's exactly. highly underrated for all of those very important reasons, you know, to get to, you can do things like, oh, I'm going to go to the movies today. Oh, look, there's nobody here. Yeah. Matinee. <laughs> cheap. Right. No cheap matinee. All those other things. I think like one of the common themes, themes among all of these questions is getting to know people as they are. And one of the things that I think is important in the whole relationship building and doing all of that is really knowing who you're with. Oh, yeah. And I have a hard time understanding. And I've been told before that, you know, everyone's relationship is different. But people that don't want to know where the person they're with has come from, I don't understand that. Because how can you fully embrace who they are if you don't know where they've been? Right. I think it not only do you not, and it, it kind of goes hand in hand. You need to know where they've been. You know, need to know who they are and you need to know where they want to go. No, definitely. not necessarily where they're going, where they, you know, where they're, but where they want to go. Do they mm -hmm. want, do they want to stay, you know, where they're at, where they're comfortable and happy and content or do they want to move forward? Do they want to go do something else? Do they want to change? All of those things are important, but you have to see 
where they are and how how they got there. How, what brought you to this moment right. in time? Because mm-hmm. if you don't get that, how are you going to know how they're going to handle forward situations? Oh, no, definitely. That's, that's really good. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. I had to take a bunch of tests when I went back for my to finish my degree. I um, went back as an organizational leadership major. Okay. And one of the big things with that was we had to take a bunch of personality profiles and tests. And when we did that, we learned a bunch of things about, like, what our core personalities are and what our strengths are. Right. And um, the one that I'm thinking of off the top of my head is um, Strengths Finder. Nope, not Kinsley. <laughs> Different one. Sorry. The peanut gallery, once again, is, like, chiming in. Um, but it was Strengths Finder. And it gives you, it's like, I think there's something like 30 or 40 core strengths out okay. there. And it's a lot of questions. It's like, you're supposed to go with like your gut feeling. There's that one. And there's another one called the Kiersey temperament. Yes. And that one kind of breaks you into four groups. There's some like fake quizzes out there that kind of do the same thing, but they are not the same as the Kiersey and as the strengths finder. Cause I've taken them always wondering if I'm going to wind up with the same thing. Mm-hmm. Cause I've now taken the Kiersey like four or five times because of different classes and I'm an idealist. And then there's other ones. But like when I went to take the test, I knew what to answer to get an idealist on the like online, like, you know, I don't think it was Buzzfeed. It might've been one of those other like random, t- random tests. Cause I was like, Hey, wait, I've actually taken that real test. There was another strengths finder one too. That was not real strengths finder. Like you could pick where is in the Kiersey and on the, um, strengths finder. You can't like, yes, you could kind of tailor a little bit to go more towards an answer, but it's, the questions are phrased much differently right. on it because, um, the t- questions are, uh, this like, how would you, or I like to, I like to talk to people, highly agree, mostly agree, neutral, disagree, highly disagree. Right. As opposed to this one is like, how do you interact with people? I like them. I don't, you know, like it's giving you too many, the options are incorrect on how it does. And so the, the, the answer, you can pick, this is me that you, you can pick, this is me, but you can also pick and choose out how to get the answer you want. So that's why I don't like that one. As, or that's why I didn't like the, like the online like pretend versions as much as the real ones. Oh, yeah. Because they just did a better job. But the things that kept coming up on mine were um, communication. Communication um, is key. obviously... I'm a communicator. <laughs> I'm also an optimizer and a relator. And those two things, like, as an optimizer, it sounds like if you take, think of it from a technical aspect, I want to get the most out of everything. Right. But I also want to get the most out of people. People that aren't who they are frustrate me so bad. <laughs> like, be who you are. Embrace who you are. Right. And if you don't know who you are, find out. Be Definitely. that person. Be be who you want to be and who you want to strive for. Why wouldn't you want to be? Right. Why wouldn't you want to be? There's no one out there but you. And I think this is a really good segue for a segment we want to do. Oh, uh, yes. Called Ask Mama Claire. I get a lot of questions and I dole out a lot of advice, both solicited and unsolicited. I will tell you my opinion. <laughs> it's okay. It's, <laughs> it's just how things go. Just accepted. It's just accepted. And so tonight I threw out questions to uh, the wonderful Facebook and tagged a bunch of people and tried to get some questions out there. And two people, the lovely Emily and the fabulous Amanda Claire, came up with two questions that kind of like went together. I really want my first question I really wanted to look up was um, what does a uh, hottest balls mean? Apparently it means literally hottest testicles. That's I, I tried. I was on the Internet for 20 minutes before I gave up. And that's basically what it came down to. So I was like, oh, that's not even interesting. 
It's definitely something that I use every day, too. I literally always, right. sorry, That's figuratively <laughs> always <laughs> use that. say how does balls. Right. But I think Emily's and Amanda's questions actually kind of spoke to like this topic of conversation. And I think they kind of go hand in hand. So Amanda's question was, where do the standards that I, or not Amanda's, Emily's question was, where do the standards that I set myself come from? And then that kind of, to me, went along with Amanda's, which is, why are women so readily defined by each other? How can we invest in ourselves without being self-centered? And how can we teach those behind us the same? And I thought those were kind of, especially like Emily's and Amanda's first one, which is, why are we defined by each other as opposed to our individuals? Right. I think it's really interesting because I actually think Amanda's question answers Emily's, is why do the standards I set for myself come from? I think they come from those around us. You know? Yeah, I think that a lot of people set standards based on someone else's opinion mm-hmm. rather than their own opinion of themselves. Yes. Um, and you see that a lot just with like self-esteem in women. Absolutely. Um, which both of us are not the skinniest girls. No, but never going to be. Yeah. Guess what? Don't care. Exactly. <laughs> it's. We have people that love us the way that we are, so mm-hmm. why does it matter that some douchebag thinks that we're fit? Right, exactly. Fuck that guy. And I think um, doing it for yourself is important. Yeah. You know, like... Um, if you want to be healthy, be healthy. If you, you want to lose be healthy. weight, lose weight. But lose weight because you want to, not and because someone else thinks you should. Right. I hit 30 and stopped giving a shit. <laughs> it was going on for a really long time. Like, I don't give a crap anymore. I don't want to do this. And so for the, like the last two years, I was sitting around going, I don't care anymore. And then on top of that, busy with work, stressed out. We've been running all over the place. It feels like we have not stopped in two years. Right. And then one day woke up in like February or January and went, I'm done. It's time to get back and like refocus and stuff, which is good. I was like, where's my motivation been? You right. know, because even though I've always been heavier, I tended to be more active and just more focused. And lately it's been like, I don't care at all. Like literally like- one day in January was like, fuck it all. I'm g- Nope. It's for me. Exactly. Well, and I think the hard part about, like, working out and stuff is, A, it's time-consuming. It is. And I like, it's not that I don't like working out, but I like working out in an aspect that involves other people. Mm -hmm. So, like, summer is great for that because, you know, we can go swimming in the pool with a bunch of other people. Or we could go and play a game of volleyball right and it's like that's the kind of working out that i like because it's fun and it's it's fun not working out i'm the absolute same way and i think um i just popped into my brain there was a viral article let over the past year of a woman that has like four or five kids and she's got a six-pack of abs yeah and she goes yeah what's your excuse lady yeah and the thing about it is it's like that's first of all that's not fair you don't know my situation or your situation okay i've never ever had a six pack of abs and a problem never gonna right and you know what she probably had one before she had babies some of it's genetics some of it's not but the thing is it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that she has six packs a six pack of abs nor does it matter that i'm a big girl or anybody in between we have to stop commenting on whether or not people are the right weight or not they right. have to, people need to get over it. It's time to stop. Why? It doesn't affect your life at all, ever. No. So why do you care? Absolutely. I will never understand why people care well, about stuff that yeah. doesn't matter to their well, life. Well, and they try and say, like, some things are excuses. You know, well, you can find an hour a day 
to to go work out sure i could but i don't yeah. want to maybe i like to sleep more than i like to get up at six thirty and be tired the whole day yeah so like my you want to hear my schedule on and if people can please write in and tell me <laughs> where i can find time i wake up between six and six thirty every day yep i get me and two children out the door by seven thirty. drive to work and i'm at work from eight until five mm-hmm. i get an hour lunch yes can I work out on lunch? Yes, I can. And I've done it before. I've done that. It works. The one thing about it is, is I don't get a chance to decompress at work. Then I spend all day turned on because I have to be turned on from, you know, eight to 1230 when I go to the gym, then I'm turned on at the gym and then I'm turned on at the until the end of the day. It's a yes. long day to be wired with no time to be like, now I'm going to take a break for five minutes. Let my brain and my body rest. Exactly. And I think that's important to not be stressed out. So I, and, and, and yes, working out can be a great stress reliever, but at the same time too, you don't get the chance to, you know, especially if you're having a frustrating day at work, I'm right. a talker. Mm-hmm. Running is not going to help the fact that I need to go bleh and spill out all my guts to someone. You right. know? And that's why I have my friends at work to be able to talk and exactly and go to that. And then when I get, then I have to go pick kids up and then it's five thirty. Well, now my children have to eat. So I need to cook dinner of some sort and I'm a fast cook. When I cook, I can be fast. But oh, yes. even getting home, you know, we're at earliest dinners on the table at 6.30. Right. And then we have homework to do because I have children. And now homework is mandatory from kindergarten on, which still boggles my mind. I never did kinder- homework in grade school. So where this is all coming from, or at least not until later grade school. I remember like fourth, fifth grade. But like, you know, our son is in second grade and he has, you know, half hour of homework every night. Plus, he's supposed to read for 20 minutes. So if we were doing oh, all of that. had reading stuff. No, they have to read every day for 20 minutes they're supposed to read. So you have all of that there. You know, now it's 7.30. If I bathe my children, that's 8. And then they have to go to bed, tuck in, blah, 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 nighttime routine, 8.30. That's if they're in bed at 8.30. Right. Okay. And then um, if I want to sit and talk to Jared at all or if we want to do anything, that's my time. Right. Not to mention I have to shower at some point in my life. I have to do the laundry. I have to wash yeah. dishes. Exactly. And, and all of these other things. So somebody has, somewhere has to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And for me, my priority list, you know, being healthy is on there. That's why at lunch we try and take walks. You know, like in the summer we try and go outside with the kids and do all those other things. But for me, giving up an hour of my time with Jared is not worth no, it. it's not. Giving it's up an really hour not. of time with my children every night or five, three nights a week isn't isn't worth it. I would rather take that time to go to the park with the kids and run around, but like because of not only my thyroid being bad and just like in general my metabolism's junk. <laughs> right. I have to work out really freaking hard to maintain like solid steady weight loss. No, definitely. And especially to get to like that point where that lady's talking about, she probably doesn't have to work out the amount I would ever have to work out to get to Well, that not point. only that, but even like we don't know her workout regimen, mm-hmm. but how much time is she possibly like sacrificing that being mm-hmm. with her kids? Well, and you know, is she work? Maybe she was a stay at home parent, so she has more opportunities. And you know, I know being a stay at home parent can be very busy for some people if they're doing other things. But right. you know, I'm literally not at my house for forty hours every week doing. Right. You know, actually, I'm it's more than that. It's forty five hours because you count my hour lunch. So you know, I'm that's and that's not even counting commute times. And I'm a, I have a close commute. It's hard to get there. That's why you know, let's stop caring what other people do and how they get there. Yeah. It's not affecting you at all. No, it makes your own choices. Exactly. I think, though, that there's a lot of pressure 
to set those standards to be like, this is the level I need to do. You know, you see other people and I know as, as a parent, like watching other, like, um, you know, I'll go to someone's house and like, they're getting down on the floor and playing with their kids. I'm like, man, I should do more of that. And then I come home and, you know, talk to my kids for a while because they both talk, you know. They are, they are very, <laughs> very vocal. They are very vocal. And, you know, we'll chitter-chatter and stuff. And then I'm like, okay, go play. And my kids will go off and play. And they go and they play together. And I go, wait, I'm totally okay with this. That, right. you know, I'm not the parent that goes there. But I know especially when I was er- younger and early on with the kids when they were first born, I d- would feel guilty. I'm like, oh, I don't play with my kids enough. Oh, I don't do this. Oh, my house isn't clean enough. You know, I didn't, you know, I didn't cook enough this week. We ate out too much. And you think it's because there's so much out there. There's a lot of pressure. And like, I don't think it really should ever matter unless whatever you're doing is like detrimental to yourself or to someone else. Mm -hmm. So like, sure, Claire, if you were like eating 10 cheeseburgers at a time, Mm -hmm. I might be like, you should maybe put... The cheeseburger down. (laughs) (laughs) Just maybe. Maybe put it down. And it's not because I don't think that you're pretty the way you are, but Mm -hmm. I just don't want you to die of a heart attack in like 30 minutes. Right, exactly. (laughs) So, like, I mean, there's a a line for everything, but for the most part, unless it's hurting someone, who cares? Mm -hmm. And you don't know people's situation. Exactly. And, you know, I have a couple great friends that I work with. They're awesome people. I'm very lucky to have good good people. And I think she makes a point. Um, both one of my coworkers and my coworker's daughter um, suffer from from Crohn's. And, oh yeah, my grandmother has that. Right. And the thing is, they have a lot of medical struggles, right? And they have a lot of shit that they deal with. And when people come up and say things like "you're too skinny," or you know man, I wish I could do what you do. You know, they don't understand how much of a daily struggle they have in their life right. to get through everything. It's not like, you don't think they trade it in a heartbeat to be able to not have to go through the pain and the struggle and the having to go exactly. to the doctors and all of that other stuff. You think they'd rather eat cheeseburgers and be skinny or do you think they'd rather be healthy and not have to do all of that? Like, right. you don't know people's situations. So when people say things like that, they're hurtful. They mm-hmm. think people think they're being complimentary. And the fact of the matter is they're not. No, you know? they're definitely not. Well, and that goes the same way, too, for like, um, and I know that you and I have talked about this before because, like, we are bigger girls. But mm-hmm. when, like, super thin girls that really, it's more like their vision of themselves yes. is is skewed rather than their actual weight yes but then they come and talk to like you about it and it's not that you know we're not uncomfortable in our weight but it's like you're barking up the wrong tree if you want sympathy right being like fat when you're like 100 pounds right you know (laughs) there's some things in this world i don't feel bad the obsession with goal weight that's the other one oh yeah oh i need to lose five pounds why what is the five pounds? Is it no be- one's even going to see if you lost five pounds. Right. You know, wh- what, why? You need to be happy and healthy and, and secure in who you are. You know, and um, I know this sounds silly too, but I love makeup and hair and getting dressed up and things. And I oh, think, yeah, of and course. I know, I know you like a lot of those same things too. Yes. And the so reason, the reason I do those things and play with that stuff is because it makes me happy. Right. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with making 
um, somebody else feel good. I like that when I look in the mirror, I go, damn, I look good. You exactly. know, I have, uh, I was joked about when, cause we did a lot of soul searching when I went back to school and was doing all that thing, all this stuff. And when I was doing that soul searching and we were talking, I was like, I have reverse body dysmorphia. I think I am way hotter, like, in my head than I'm I probably am in person. I'm pretty sure I have the same problem. Right? Because, like, I'll just, I'll go through, like, sometimes, unless it comes off as bad because it comes right. off as really judgy, but, like, past, like, boyfriends and stuff, like, I'll just look at, like, who they're dating now mm-hmm. and stuff and just be like, they kind of downgraded. Right? You know what I mean? Like, I'm so much hotter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just what happens. Which probably goes back as to why we define ourselves by others. You know? Yeah. Other people are going, oh, I'm not as pretty. And then you are the opposite. We're like, damn, I'm better. Yeah. You know? And I think it's some of its confidence. I think we both got lucky in that arena. It, you know, yes. whether it was how we grew up, the people that we surrounded ourselves with, the friends that, that built us up as opposed to bring us down. Yes. You know, seeking out those positive influences in life. And um, I think that makes a big difference. I'm a huge, huge, huge proponent of positive psychology. Oh, def- yes. <laughs> well, and my family yeah. always told me, like, growing up, our big thing was, like, um, you should never care what someone else thinks. Mm-hmm. That's and that's what my family always told me. Was yeah. Why like don't why do you care? Yeah. If they want to be part of your life or mm-hmm. if they care about you, they will always help you or like be supportive of what you want to do rather right. than try and like tear you down. Right. And I think it's important to know the why. And I the common theme again with me, the why, the where people come from, the why. Yes. Especially when it comes to when people start getting involved with weight and or comparing themselves to others. A lot of times it stems from somewhere something's wrong, something's unhappy. Mm-hmm. What what in your life is causing that? You know, right. like to, to do that, especially when you talk about self esteem and, and um the beauty and the weight and everything yes. like that and how you look in comparison to others. I think a lot of times that's because you're not happy with something, right. whether it's how you look or it's something else. Like, are you unhappy in a relationship? Do you wish you would have gone to college? You know, do you, do you wish your boss would pay more attention? All of these things, because everyone's motivated by different things and you have to figure out what your motivation is. Yes. Like what's the real reason behind what your goal is mm-hmm. and to really evaluate that and go, okay, that's why I'm going towards this way or that's why that's what I'm obsessed with. Yes. No, I completely agree with that because Different things that motivate you. And even, like, it could change as Mm -hmm. you get older. Different things can motivate you. Mm -hmm. So, in a relationship sense, like, since I started dating Kevin. Who's awesome, by the way. He's amazing. (laughs) But he motivates me to be just a better me. Mm -hmm. It's not that I'm changing. It's just I'm making more of an effort in certain areas. Oh, I totally get that. I was before. Yeah. You know, and I think that helps like to be supportive. You know, I think I've always liked to play with makeup and stuff. Like I had palettes in junior high and would match my shirt to, you know, whatever the 8,000 colors that were in those things were. Um, But as, especially I think as I started dating Jared, who's once again, awesome in-laws. Yes. His mom always puts, puts his mom is always put together. Mm-hmm. Patty always looks great. And he's very appreciative of the fact that his mom looks great all the time. And yeah. I think because his dad is too. And it's not that they expect it because let me tell you, she could come out of, you know, wherever her hair standing up on end, 14 different colors, zero makeup on. And 
her, and you know, Dan would still think she's the most amazing woman on the planet because you know she's pretty awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, like when she looks good, she she's looks appreciative good. of it. Yeah. And same thing too. Like you know, if I change my hair, I get complimented. If I, you know, if my outfit oh, looks yeah. good, you know, I get that all the time. And so I go, man, when I, you know, it's it's totally a reward thing too. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, Jared's really good about compliments. he's very good about compliments. But it's awesome to be able to go in and go like, you know, I look in the mirror and I'm like, man, I look good. And then I get that, um, not reiteration, but I get that um, confirmation. confirmation. Yes, the confirmation that what I've done is a good thing. It's such right. a nice thing. You know, like oh, you go to work is. looking good at your new top and someone goes, that's a really nice top. You're like, thank you. I thought so too. You know, exactly. and I think when people, especially when they have like body image issues, there are certain things. They're looking for... Right. Like positive feedback on their right. their choices, and sometimes it's trying a little bit. I know that sounds silly, but like a new hairstyle, a new shade of lipstick, you know, maybe you'll right. feel a little better about who you are. That always was the thing. Um, I always say there's no ugly children. It's all about styling, right? Because that's true, and I think that's the same way with a lot of people too. Because <laughs> like you see like little kids running around every so often, you're like, oh my god, that poor kid. And the thing is, it's that poor kid because you know, like, dude, mom, dad, whoever. Whoever's taking care of you, give them a haircut. Can you can you put them in clothes that aren't falling apart or stained? And I'm not talking about like people that, you know, I'm not talking about people that don't have another option. That's right. different. But you know, you can walk into any grade school, any like high end grade school, and see the same thing. You know, like oh, you know, people go out to dinner and they, they can't brush their kids' hair. Right. You know, sometimes you can't. I get that. <laughs> but other times it's like really can you know a haircut will go a long way sometimes, and it's the same right. thing as a grown up. No, it's true. You don't feel or good. even if you're like out to eat, yeah. and like, you know, the kid could have like a whole mess on their face, right? But the parents just leave it, right? And it's really not that hard to pick up a napkin and wipe your yeah. kid's face off, or if they're old enough, tell them, right, to, to wipe their own face. Oh yeah, all those little things, and I think. The main thing is, is like, if you're unhappy, you have two decisions in life. And I, we were t- I was talking about this last night with other people too, something similar. You have t- two decisions to make. Actually, we were talking about relationships with, you know, last night as well. And it was, you have two options when you're unhappy in a situation, be it a relationship, be it with your looks, be it with, you know, your job, whatever. You can either choose to stay where you're at and accept that where you're at, or you can choose to change. Yep. And... You can't, you have, everyone's allowed some wallow time. We've all been there before where we're like, I don't know. Everyone's allowed some wallow time, but at some point you either need to change or you need to accept. You can't do both or you can't do both, but you can't, you can't choose to not change and then bitch about why that not getting what you want. Oh yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. That's just like life 101. That's life 101. You can't complain about something that you're not willing to make an effort to mm-hmm. change. Right. Well, I completely agree. And honesty is better in every situation. Always. Always. Just forever and always. Don't lie. Don't lie. It's stupid. It's stupid. And and don't lie to yourself. Yeah. You know, and I think, no, you definitely. know, I've always been one of those people I've joked to, like for someone that has no option for me, but marriage, especially in like with with my with my life partner like i can't imagine not being married to jared not not being legally bound in some ways right but there's other but i meet other people i'm like i can understand why people don't get married and just stay together you know i can understand too you know um, you can see the other side i can see the other side to it very soon that not it's not for everybody right and it might not be the path that people need to take and i'm also the same person i never ever 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 believe that people should get married for the sake of a child 
I don't um, believe people no, should stay together for the sake of a child. Never happen ever. I don't understand why people think that that's a good idea. Right, because you're denying your own happiness, and there's two relationships that our children have. The the two relationships I think are most important to our children in their formative years are the relationship between their parents, like how their parents interact. Yep. And the other one is how they interact with a sibling. And if they don't have a sibling, how they interact with their parents would be next, because that's the third on the list. Right. So that can only three. But I think that relationship you learn between a sibling is very important. And, you know, there's only children out there, and there's nothing against only children. That's people's choices and stuff. But I think the benefit you get from having a sibling semi-close in age is you have to learn to cohabitate very young. <laughs> Yes. How to share the the toothpaste at the sink, how to like deal with bathroom time and all those other things. And the other one is how your parents interact. How do they speak to one another? How do they treat one another? How do they oh, handle definitely. a disagreement? And if your parents are pissed off and unhappy together, that's you're never going to learn the right way. Yeah. No, it's just going to be in the long run be it's going to teach you to think about a relationship or a marriage a certain way mm-hmm. and then you are going to probably end up in a similar relationship mm-hmm. and it's just not good no and it's not always that way because i know from personal experience because mm-hmm. my relationship with kevin is completely different from my parents relationship thank god which is a good thing because well, not a good thing that you know it's totally but it's good that you learned like what's right. going to work for you like almost a what not to do but not everyone can do that not everyone can quote unquote break the cycle for lack of a better term right well and i think like that goes back to my patronus being a wolf yes i tend to just overcome things like yeah. that <laughs> but um that's the i'm not gonna go there because it's gonna totally break your flow of things that, with my side care. tangent it's okay side tangent away okay we don't need to break the. we can break the flow all right <laughs> pun intended my um the side tangent then is like, I don't always feel bad for people who use their past as an excuse. I don't preach, think, baby, <laughs> preach. I don't think that you should be defined by your past or someone else's past, for that matter. Yeah, like my parents are still actually together, um, but. Their relationship was is very volatile, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't let that define my relationship mm-hmm. with my significant other right now. But um, some people let stuff like that define who they are. Yes. And they get sucked into that lifestyle, and they don't mm-hmm. have to. I had a bad childhood. My mommy didn't love me enough. I didn't do all these other things. And you know what? It's different when you're a child. When you're a child... Yes, that oh, shit definitely. is awful. But you hit a point as a grown up where it stops mattering. And I'm not, and, and of course, there are always situations that are exceptions, not the rule. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you hit a point in your life where you can, once again, choose to overcome it. Right. Or deal with where you're at. You know, like, okay, you know, like everyone has had crappy things happen to them. Like, you exactly. know, not everyone's situation's the same or, you no. know, and. People just have to get the bleep over it and go, you know, no, this is what I need to do or this is how I need to do it. And, right. you know, I, I, I'm i going to quote Jurassic Park because, you know, it's been like 20 minutes since we made a movie reference. All right. <laughs> I don't blame people for their mistakes, but I do expect that they pay for them. And I think right. that is like as a, as a, as a grown-up, as a defined adult, you know, we all, we all F up from time to time. But you know what? 
You got to own up to own it. Own up to it. And there are some things out there I don't remember. You know, is like my favorite one. I don't remember that. Well, too freaking bad. It happened. Right. Or, you know, that wasn't my intention. Don't care. Exactly. You know, I'm sure you've met people like this where they're, you know, they'll come across and they'll say something really mean, really bitchy, really awful. Oh, you. And then when you're like, that was mean. Oh, you misunderstood me. No, I did not. Yeah. You got caught for being an asshole. Yeah. And now you're trying to be like, oh, I'm the sensitive one. I've spent too many years being told I'm the sensitive one when other people are bullies. Yeah. No, definitely. Some people are just dicks. Right. You know, own up to your mistakes. Yeah. When people talk about regrets, I am an anti-regret. I don't have any regrets. I don't sit around going, oh, I should have done this. Oh, I should have done that. You know, I've occasionally gone like, you know, if I'd known this, maybe my life would have been different. But I don't sit around going, oh, like, what would you change? Not a goddamn thing. Right. No, and I've done that, too, because, like, some people, you know, I stopped going to college after two years. And, you know, eventually... Welcome to my world. I did, too. I know. And eventually, you know, I want to go back, and you did, and you graduated, which is amazing. I did. But, like, you know, Lewis was expensive. It was. And, yes, I could have gone to Joliet Junior College. And sometimes when I think about it, if I had known then... Maybe I would have chosen based on like financial. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would have chosen that. But then it's like, if if I had chosen that path, I wouldn't know anyone. Right. Like I might not. You wouldn't have be ever here met. today. Right. I probably <laughs> would have never known you and Jared. I probably would have never met Kevin. Yeah. And everything happens for a reason it does. so well this is the path i'm supposed to be on absolutely and I, I dropped out of lewis for much the same reason i lost a ton of my financial aid things had changed between my ju- sophomore and junior year and then i didn't know what i wanted to do anymore i was like wait a second I still don't know what right welcome, welcome to my world like i don't i'm gonna be broke i'm not gonna be able to succeed in this right. i don't have the drive part of it was that too that acceptance and that's something i think we go through as we mature too like you get there are people out there they're like i'm gonna be a fill in the blank and they just, they can't do it for whatever reason that, you well, know. I think sometimes it, to push someone to choose one thing is actually almost really hard. Mm-hmm. Especially at least in this time where mm-hmm. the economy is just awful. Right. Because I would say maybe two to three of the people I know that I went to college with have jobs in the field that they graduated. Absolutely. In. So... No, you're not. College, in my opinion, is just dumb right now. Well, you know, when I was about 25, you know, Jared and I were both working full-time jobs. Jared had finally graduated, would have finally, would not finally graduated, but would have graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, he took break off for a year, but he would have graduated, already been graduated, not in his field, at in, his job in his field at all. Because at the point, I think he realized he didn't want to do that. It was far too late. Right. And then, um, you know, I was working and I got, I've said, I've said before and I will say again, I was very lucky that I did not know I was worth more in some aspects. So I started working at a staffing company and wound up getting hired there as a staffing coordinator, helping place people, and then chose to leave because of the weird, crazy situation, but then wound up working at, at Jewel. And that's honestly, I think, a turning point in my life, asking for what I wanted as opposed to like just waiting around for it to be given. Right. And it, it, you know what? It actually stems back even farther, probably to when Jared and I started dating, because I put my foot down about things, not in our relationship, but about what I thought I deserved. Right. And 
to be able to go in. I went in to interview at Jewel Asco for a position and he's like, I can give you a part-time supervisor for $8 an hour. I said, no, you can send my resume in for the management training program. Nice. One of the ballsiest things I think I've probably ever done in my life, but it was one of those things that did so well for me because I went, oh, fuck it. What do I have to lose? He's offering me like basically minimum wage at part-time hours right. and I need a job. You know, and so to be able to go in and, and do that was awesome. And then to wind up getting into their management training program and then moving to their corporate office has brought me to where I'm at. So like all that stuff is good to be able to go, no, this is who I am and this is what I want. And I think it really kind of started pre, pre JD. Mm-hmm. So pre Jared, um, we had, I had, Jared and I had liked each other, but we had not gotten together. We kind of had a tumultuous start, I guess, to so yes, to speak. Understand. And I was walking at Lewis University. I was in between, specifically, this, um, the Arts and Sciences Building and the LRC. So I don't remember if I was walking like to the admissions office where I was working or for, for my residence hall or somewhere, but I was in that path. And I right. went, you know what? I'm probably not going to be in a relationship. I'm probably not going to get married. Oh, I said that right before. I'm, right? I'm probably going to be an old bitty with a thousand cats. And you know what? <laughs> I don't care anymore. Yeah. I'm going to own it and I'm going to be happy. And it was probably a week or two after that. If not, yeah, it's crazy how that happens where you just, you finally accept that like you can do this on your own no matter what. Yep. And that's, that's when you find Mm -hmm. that other important person in your life. Yeah. I think crazy. You accept that who you are and where you've been and what you're going to do. And you're like, this is, this is me. Take me as I am. Right. But, and you know that you, even if no one ever comes around, yeah. you can do it and be happy no matter what. Absolutely. And that's important. It is. It's totally important to be able to be Everyone like... Everyone needs to get to that level. Yes. And, you know, to be with someone that continues to embrace that, to let you be you, and as long, and you need to let them be them and, you know, return or in retrospect or whatever, you need to let... Yeah. It needs to be that cohesive balance, you know, to find that and to be able to go, okay, this is what's going to work for us and this is how... You know, I think you kind of have to be with someone that that makes it makes it whole. You know, there are some people out there, you know, where um, certain people take more time with like, all right, you know, I'm going to handle these chores. You're going to handle these chores. And some for some people, their relationship needs to be 50 50. Some people it's 25 75. Some people it's 60 30. And I think you have to find your person that fits your other piece. You know, what's what's going to be our balance? What's going to work for us? It's give and take. Totes agree. Totes agree. <laughs> totally give and take. And then the peanut gallery again. <laughs> we should start calling them the penis gallery. The penis gallery, yes. Because this is the vagina the dialogues. Words. And it's a, yeah, right? Play, uh... <laughs> or the play on. So now that we've, yes. we've, we've talked the relationship thing to death, and now that we've talked about penises, I have a random fact of the week. Yes. Because if you've had any conversations with me, besides tolling out lots and lots of advice that you may or may not have asked for, I will also interject with random things that I know. (laughs) Yes. And they're awesome. Some of them are awesome. Some of them are probably kind of lame, but some of them are good. They're always conversation starters. They are always always conversation starters. And I have a torch to bear. And this all kind of goes back when I went back to school. Um, I, besides all my soul searching and figuring out, like, I think I finally really, like, I think I was very comfortable with who I was for a long time, but going back to school, I was like, oh, wait, no, this is really who I am. It was just like more, once again, confirmed my thoughts and feelings was like, oh, this is really who I am. And this is a thing. (laughs) So I think that helped. (laughs) 
we had to do all kinds of reports and things uh, when we were doing that because part of my organizational leadership major was sociology, which has always been one of my favorite subjects. That was like yes. the one subject in high school. I was like, I love this subject. I wish I would have taken SOCH. Oh, love SOCH. Always been one of my favorite things. Um, but along with that comes sociological issues. Right. And we always kept to keep p- picking things. And one of my thing was teen pregnancy. But they like rolled from teen pregnancy to... Um, to pregnancy in general because of I they started to read things and actually it probably even dates back to that when I was pregnant with my daughter I was home on bed rest mm-hmm. and um I kept watching teen mom oh my God. or 16 and pregnant it was like a train wreck I couldn't stop watching it I'm like why are we not showing this to teenagers and being like do you see how stupid these people are I know, and as uh, like they just think that it's super awesome, and it's like mm, if you watch those it's episodes, really not that and awesome. not like teen, not the teen mom, but the sixteen and pregnant, where it's a different girl every show, with the exception of like one couple, because I watched the whole season back to back, that and Spartacus, because you know, gotta <laughs> switch it up. Of course, watched. I was watching that, and to watch her, um, watch the every single the, the racial the relationships ended. Like the boys in that were completely unvet uninvested in the relationship and i'm not saying the girls were vested in the relationship but for the most part like they're having a child and they're still children oh yeah and they don't understand all of this involved and they don't understand how what they're doing is going to affect other people and their whole lives and all this other stuff and then like they want it to be fairy tale so many of them and then the, the the guys are like completely not in it at all like it was li- most of them were like they tried to pretend like they were dating but most of it was just like you know just randomly using you like they are yeah. not vested in it at all there was one that i remember and they were living in like separate states or something and he like came to see her like showed up and surprised her and came to see her and that guy was was like the most focused of you know the huge like 16 episodes or something of you know whatever right it was a full season and one guy out of all of them actually was willing to be a willing participant not a half-ass participant willing participant exactly well i think like i mean parenting goes into that and at a certain point you can't completely control your child's decisions no but you know you can do everything you can Mm -hmm. to teach them the right way um but like i just i don't understand why high schoolers want to be pregnant Oh yeah, and I think it's it boils down Isn't to education. Well, some of it is, but I think some of it more is bad education, and we go about it wrong. I know there's this big push towards abstinence and all these other things, but we we have to stop having sex ed and start having sexual health education because it all boils down to the health of your body and understanding who who your body is and how your body works and. Like, if you listen to some of the people talk, they literally have no idea. I've encountered people that are grown-ups, and in this day and age, I should not have to explain to anyone over the age of 18 that you can't take birth control and antibiotics at the same time. I don't, I can't, I don't, shouldn't have to explain to anyone over 18 that nursing is not an effective form of contraceptive for everybody. There's some people that have no issues at all, but there's other people that ovulate right away. So it's not knowledge you should ever tote out to people just the way it goes and just like they- people believe that if you're nursing you can't get pregnant. Yes. There are people that believe that. For some women when they nurse their bodies stop ovulating. It's great for them. The problem with it is you don't know when you will begin to ovulate, which eventually happens even if you continue to nurse. You will eventually begin to ovulate. And you don't know when that happens because you ovulate before your period. 
So there's one. Natural family planning can be relatively effective, but it's not completely it's it's not considered an effective form of birth control because it's right. like only like 70% effective. So you add in all of these things and, you know, it's amazing how many people I've talked to that are grown-ups. Like when I was doing reports and stuff, listening to people the questions people asked are like, "I didn't know that." I'm like, "How do you not know this?" Right. You should know this. This should be like common. You should just like if you have a cold, you go to the store and you go to the cold aisle. Right. You should know that sperm plus vagina gives babies, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe I just had, I might have gotten lucky and had just like a couple really good teachers. Also, my AP bio teacher and also he ended up being my uh, original like honors bio teacher. He loved like the, this sounds weird. He loved talking about the menstrual cycle in women. So like <laughs> he's completely straight. But he just loved, like, sexual reproduction. So yeah. we got a really good... That's awesome. Yeah, we had a really good um, informative teaching on that in our regular, like, AP bio class. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I lucked out with that. But, I mean, it's just really weird that some people think the things that they think. They do. And that's why that's where my reign of fat comes in. Yes. It is um, how effective contraceptive is. Because people, I have this, you know, people all the time are trying to, you know, oh, I got accidentally pregnant, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I use the pullout method. Right. that works. Statistically, 65% or two-thirds of our population use contraceptive consistently and correctly. They account for 5% of the pregnancies, of the, of the pregnancy, of unintended pregnancies, 5%. The yeah, other third. It's only 99.9%. Right. So out of... Two thirds, five percent is about where it would fall. Absolutely, and you t- you, t- you take in all forms of contraceptive too. That effectively, right. like always, like using a, using a condom every time before penetration till after. You know, that's yes. using a condom properly. It's not like oh, we put it on halfway through. That is not using a condom properly. Exactly. So if you accidentally got pregnant and did not have a condom on the whole time, that is not an accident. That is that is not using it correctly. That's considered. Is right. considered in uh, that effectiveness goes down goes by down about half. Yes, the effectiveness goes down. <laughs> the other third um, who inconsistently use contraceptive or not at all account for ninety five percent of unintended pregnancies. Shocker, which is which is crazy. And I know from it's not in this particular article where this statistic came from, but when I was doing research before from Planned Parenthood, not just Planned Parenthood, but other. Um, other as other um, sites as well. I'll have to go back and find all my old reports. 50% of all pregnancy in the United States is unplanned. 50%. For every child in your kid's classroom, half of them were unplanned. Not unwanted. Those are two different things, but unplanned. And right. some people don't care and all these other things. Or, you know, oh, we'll get pregnant when we get pregnant. That's technically considered a planned baby. Because really? Yes, because there was, there was no, no methods taken and they were okay with getting pregnant. But the, 50% of all is unintended. Oh, I didn't know. Oops. Or wasn't doing anything correctly. Yeah, un- unintended. It's okay. crazy. So half of all pregnancies are unintended. Are unintended. And of those half, so if there's a hundred pregnancies, and half of them are at 50, 50 of them are un- unplanned. What is that? Only five of them are actually from contraceptive users. So forty five babies are born. Is that, is that correct? Can I do math? It's kind of late. Maybe I can't do math well, anymore. Okay, so if you say that. Out of a hundred, yeah, half are unplanned. Half are unplanned. Yes, but if two thirds of them are oh. using contraceptive, right? Then yes, five percent or five, mm-hmm. yes, yes, would be yeah. that number. Mm-hmm. Just the two thirds. Two thirds of people account for that number of pregnancies. 
So, yes. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's a crazy statistic when you think about it. It's just so many. I didn't realize that as long as you, like, said if we got pregnant, we wouldn't be mad, counted as a planned pregnancy. Mm hmm. Because interesting. Lack of, uh, Lack of, um, for th- when they were doing the polls, when they were doing the, the, the statistics. If so, you like, were if like, you were married, like, say you just got married, and it was like, well, eventually we want children. So we're not gonna was- we're not gonna stop it. That is considered a planned pregnancy. Okay. Because you aren't actively taking steps to avoid it. No, nor are you. Because um, they weren't actively taking steps to stop it. Nor were they wanting to not get pregnant. Right. Okay. Yes. That's where the unintended comes from. Because if someone wants, if someone's like, I don't want to get pregnant and gets pregnant, that's unintended. Where someone goes, I don't care if I do, that's still considered planned. Okay. That Even though sense. it wasn't like, we're getting pregnant this month. They were like, <laughs> so if like, we I'm get I'm going right. to take this ovulation test right. every month. Yes, exactly. Wait, no, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so that is my torch to bear. And that's my random fact of the week that, you know, two thirds of all contraceptive, two thirds of all pregnancies. It's yeah. A lot. It's a lot. People need to not be dumb. People need to not be dumb. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely do. Well, it's probably getting about time to uh, wrap it up here. Wrap it. Speaking of wrapping. Speaking of wrapping it up. Absolutely. So I just want to thank all of our listeners at home for listening to the Vagina Dialogues. Yes. Uh, don't forget to tune in next week here on the Disease Network. And don't forget to uh, give a shout out and listen to some of those other um, awesome shows that are out there as well. Because there's a lot of good content and interesting things and uh, cool people to listen to. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, I love to hear feedback. If there's more you want to yes. hear of, less you want to hear of, um, you can uh, hit me up. Tell us all the things. Right, tell us all the things. Hit us up on Facebook um, or on Twitter. Our uh, handle there is at Vag Dialogues. And you can also email us at Disease Network has VD, all one word, at gmail.com. It's the best. <laughs> it is. And then also, if you have questions, you can send them to Ask Mama Claire. You can ask to be. Um, or askmamaclare at gmail.com, you can choose to be anonymous when you send them in and see, like, don't say my name <laughs> out yes. on the interwebs, and I will keep things um, keep things down. But any ideas, thoughts, please, please, please send them in. And so, again, I'm your host, Claire Sampson, and I have my lovely guest with me today. Yes, thank you. It was so good to be on the show. Awesome. Thanks for coming. And uh, don't, don't forget to wrap it when you tap it. Yes. Have a good night. Na, 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 na. I wanna start a fight. So, so-